becoming you beyond deconstruction because deconstruction isn't the end goal living a vibrant soul aligned life is welcome back to another episode of becoming you beyond deconstruction today's episode is a little bit of is a little bit different A couple of months back, I was invited to share my experience of deconstructing as a black British woman. However, the post didn't get published, so I've decided to turn it into a podcast episode instead. One of the things I've mentioned several times, especially um, in my previous post, not everyone who deconstructs is American is that the voices that tend to dominate the faith deconstruction space belong to white American ex-evangelicals in the main. And being exposed to those voices whilst I was trying to deconstruct, it brought up a lot of negative feelings for me. And that post highlights some of that because I wrote it when I was going through a phase where I could see once again the harm of the majority on the minority. Although it was unintentional, the harm was still there because only one voice was being prioritised. And it makes it worse when that voice is the same voice that you find out in society. So yeah, a lot of feelings came up for me in trying to write that post. And it also triggered some deep ancestral wounds around being unseen, secondary and irrelevant that live deep within the psyche of black people and probably other um, minority groups as well. So this episode addresses some of those things that never get said in the faith deconstruction space, or if they do, I'm yet to come across them. And so if you are white or American, some of this may be a little bit difficult for you to hear, but I do hope that you will stay and listen to why I'm choosing not to deconstruct or not to simply deconstruct as as a woman of black African origin, born and raised in the UK. So I've mentioned several times in the past that deconstruction isn't my thing. I know that I don't fall neatly into the faith deconstruction camp and it's not what I want to be known for anyway. Instead, my perspective around deconstruction and faith deconstruction is that it acts as a doorway into something more and it's that something more that interests me and what I tend to write and talk about. So even though many of my posts might talk about faith, spirituality and religion, what I am really doing is I'm deconditioning, I'm decolonizing, I'm healing, I'm rewilding, I am ridding myself of the voices of the other that have silenced or hidden me away. And these voices include religious, societal and cultural voices 
Um, and this journey of what I call learning how to live from soul is about me peeling back the layers to reveal more of who I am at my core. I'm learning how to remember my own wildness, that it is okay to remember my own ancientness and and authenticity and truth beyond what and who I learned to be in order to feel accepted, in order to belong and survive. And I feel that as a black woman of African descent, born and raised in the UK, it's even more important that I rediscover this, these lost and covered up, covered up aspects of myself. In many ways, I don't think that I could ever go back to who I was before, right at the beginning, because, you know, it's like trying to take an animal from the wild, put them to live among people, return them back to the wild and expect them to be exactly the same. It doesn't work like that. Life happens and life leaves its mark on us. And I don't think that we're supposed to want to go back to exactly how it was before. I don't think that that's the purpose or the intention of having these life experiences. So when I think about my own journey, my rewilding journey, there is a level of intentionality and desire to reclaim my wildness in a way that makes sense to me. There is a desire to and and, um, a want, a need to give myself permission to let go of the things that don't serve me, even within my cultural and ancestral roots, and discover new places and new parts of me that were formerly hidden away beneath the layers. It is really a rediscovery. And whilst this is definitely empowering, it's not easy. The layers of society, culture, religion and other things, at least in my own life, have been so intertwined and interwoven together that to pull one strand upsets the rest. And so that's one reason why I can't simply deconstruct. So let's look at religion. Religion in the life of a black person isn't like a jacket or a robe that you put on. To be religious, whether that's Christian or Muslim or something else that is common within the black identity or black community is being black. When I was young in school, um, I remember people, some people would say to me that I wasn't quote unquote black enough. I might have spoken about this in um, a conversation I had with my friend Joanna in another podcast episode where she spoke about identity. For black people, there is a black identity and religion, faith, belief is a big component of what it means to be black. Even before these religions took a foothold, Africans have always been a spiritual people 
grounded in their indigenous beliefs, symbols and practices. You will be hard put to find a black person who doesn't have strong religious faith. When I go out into the high street, into the marketplace, into the town centre and I see the people evangelising on the streets, who am I seeing like 99% of the time? Black people without fail. We do religion hard. All that colonisation did was take that inbuilt desire for spiritual connection and spirituality and replace it with the image of a white deity. And this image has been incredibly hard to shift. Where once our identity was rooted in our own indigenous spiritual practices and beliefs, now our identity is rooted in the image of a white deity. And I find this incredibly heartbreaking. As I reflect upon this, I can't help but think about the evangelical directive scripture, Matthew 28, that says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. Reflecting on that now, I just think it's so arrogant. The assumption that all other cultures, religions, beliefs, are inferior and therefore they need pointing in a new better direction that they need teaching hits me hard and the thought that I once saw this as love hits me even more so but actually what this is what this does is a massive mind number it's this belief that Christianity is a sign of evolution, a closer communion with God. To me, this is control, brainwashing. There is something deeply disturbing to me about this. The underlying message that those who act, think or look differently are less than and wrong. And that is linked to being civilised and human. Religion, Christianity in particular, came with the promise of betterment, or I should say the people who brought Christianity came with the promise of betterment, of making black people more civilised, of humanising them, saving them from themselves, making them more acceptable. So, black people hold on very hard to religion, to Christianity, because what would it mean to go back to who they were before? Because going back to who they were before would mean de-evolving, becoming less human again. The white God saved us, hallelujah! He made us clean and acceptable. He made us palatable to the white masses. With Christianity, now we feel that we belong. We're special now. We're chosen. 
To go back to what we were before would mean to go back to being less. So Christianity for the black person isn't just religion. It's a high stakes identity. Another example of this is around money and wealth. There's a saying within the black community, we call it having a slave mentality. And it's this idea that very few black people do well with money. We don't really know how to use it, where we consume it. And I say we, I mean, I'm not owning this for myself by any means. It's a generalised statement that I'm making. But something that if you speak to most other black people, they will understand where you're coming from. Even if the Bible never makes mention of slavery, which we all know that it does, and that it has been used to justify, if not slavery, the idea of servitude and servanthood. Slavery is the historical reality of black people. When we speak about having a slave mentality, what we are really talking about are the leftover remnants of being enslaved physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I mean, what better way to enslave a people than by changing fundamentally what they believe about life, the universe, God, themselves. It permeates everything, including how we see and value ourselves. So when I talk about money, I'm not just talking about physical coin. I'm talking about everything it stands for, everything that represents who and what we as a black people, as a black peoples, believe we are, our innate value and worth. These are some of the cool gifts that came with religion and colonization. The white majority, at least in the UK, this country, often view black people as being aggressive. But the funny, not so funny thing, what we as black people see, experience and feel in ourselves are words like submissive, subjugation, subservient, secondary. When all is said and done, buried still deeply within the psyche of the white majority and now what has been filtered into the collective unconscious is the idea that black people are still wild animals at core, exotic, pagan, uncontrollable. As a result, we, myself as a black person, find ways to make ourselves less than and strive to prove our worth and value, one way being through devout religion. But no matter how much we might perform, it can't really hide what's going on under the surface. That we subconsciously continue to play out the roles 
given and accepted and how the wider world allows us to. It takes a hell of a lot of work to break through the cycle and the generations of conditioning and colonisation. This is once again why I cannot say that I am simply deconstructing when I know full well the layers reach further back and wider across than religion. So yeah, a lot of emotions came up for me when I tried to sit and write that post. But I do write and I share episodes like this one to let myself know that my voice and my experiences matter, that they are worthy and valuable even if they don't belong to the majority. I write and I share episodes like this one for my liberation and my continued growth and healing. But I also write and share episodes like this one so that others like me can take a tentative step and look through that doorway that I mentioned right at the beginning without feeling like they are risking it all. That they might look and see the more that is potentially waiting for them on the other side. And I will continue to write and I will continue to share because I think that all voices matter and all experiences matter and all people matter. Thank you for listening to Becoming You Beyond Deconstruction. I really hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. You can connect with me on my Substack newsletter unfolding to follow my journey and to find out if you're interested how we can work together. Go to my website, Becoming beyonddeconstruction.com and if you're interested in supporting the work then please feel free to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash living from soul my name is florence okusogu and i'll see you on the next episode of becoming you beyond deconstruction